0: Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening to this episode of Steam Up the Classroom. I'm Tori Cameron, and today we are joined by Kim Zajac. And uh, she is a speech-language pathologist from Norton, Massachusetts. And she's also on the board of MassQ. And for anyone who's an avid listener or who's just heard any other episode, I'm sure you've heard me talk about MassQ. It pretty much comes up every episode at this point. discussion about it. Um, and if you can hear in the background, little grunts, that's, uh, that's my little infant. He's joining in again today. Um, and he was asleep, but now he's wide awake. So who knows, uh, what this episode is going to bring with him. So anyway, welcome Kim.
1: Thank you, Tori. I'm so excited to be here and talk about all things MassQ and, uh, Anything else that we might cover that might involve being sketchnoty, visual thinkers and connected educators?
0: Yeah, I'm excited. And you're the first official uh, member of the MassQ board who's been on the podcast. And, um, oh, wait, no, (gasps) Colleen. Colleen was, she was on season one.
1: Wonderful. Well, I'm so honored. I'm so honored to be able to join in. Yeah, and for
0: um, for anyone that listened to my episodes with Erin Fisher, she is officially on the board, too, so um, it's all very exciting. I just have all these amazing friends. <laughs> <laughs> well, better together. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, speaking of Erin, she was the one that introduced us when we were at MassQ this past fall, and when we were there, we chatted about you coming on the podcast, and, um, and then just, like school got crazy and I was also pregnant and life just got in the way, but finally we're podcasting together, but this has been a long time coming.
1: It's so wonderful. I'm so happy and what a year it's been.
0: Yeah. I I just can't believe that we're finally podcasting. Uh, you can either, Jamie. I know. Yeah. He's joined in everyone. <laughs> so this is going to be a wild podcast episode. <laughs> we're ready for anything. <laughs> So, um, Kim, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, Anything that you want to share? You can toot your horn.
1: (laughs) Well, thank you. Um, Well, as you had mentioned, I'm a speech and language pathologist. Um, I work with the Norton Public Schools. I'm also a certified audiologist, and so my background is a little bit diversified in that way, Um, and I serve on the board of directors of MassQ, um, which has been a tremendous honor and a wonderful adventure. Um, but I didn't start there when I, um, for how I first learned about MassQ was actually through my own daughter, um, who happened to be a student in our now president, Raina Friedman's class as a fifth grader. And what? so, yeah, it was, uh, it was really, um, kind of by accident that I learned about Mass-Q, but boy, am I glad that I did. Um, So um, Raina um, gets her students really involved in the conference, and my daughter was invited to be a part of uh, an aspect of the conference called Q-Kids, and um, in my experience, just learning about that through my daughter, I became more interested um, in the organization, and so I, I... actually um entered the MassQ arena as a co-leader of a special interest group, um which I um c- still continue to do. But um as I got to know more about the organization I became more curious and um eventually that landed me on the board where I'm currently serving, um as well as um a member of the fall conference committee, as well as the a co-chair of the grants committee along with Stephanie Gosselin. And um, Yeah, I I do kind of, I would say, some special interest or special projects within um, the organization and uh, for the fall conference itself.
0: That's so wild. I had no idea that your daughter was in Raina's
1: class. She was. In fact, I also have two daughters, and my youngest daughter is a current student in Raina's classroom.
0: Stop. That's so (laughs) awesome. (laughs) Yeah. So They are lucky.
1: Oh they man. are super lucky.
0: She always tweets the most uh, incredible things that she's doing with her students, and I try and steal some of her ideas if I think I can um, get them into my classroom. And uh, wow, that's really awesome. I'm kind of jealous of them. <laughs> <laughs> I love learning through them, right? Don't you just wish you could be a fly on the wall sometimes and just watch like what happens in your kids' classrooms and everything, and just because they can. I mean. I have I have a toddler. It's not like he can really tell me what goes on at school, but when I go and pick him up and everything, I'm like, Well, you guys are having so much fun. I just wish I could watch you all day and just like watch you learn and play with your friends. But obviously now your daughter's in fifth grade, so a little <laughs> bit more than that. But <laughs>
1: It's true, but it is kind of the next best thing to being able to be a fly on the wall of a classroom because uh, the way that Raina um, communicates with the families of students in her class um, is really wonderful. She um, does a lot on social media, but she also has a Google site that she uses to communicate, you know, the daily comings and goings. And it does give me a way to, you know, talk with my daughter about how her day went. And she'll, you know, I'll have a little bit of a context, but then she can go into more detail. And it's really, really wonderful.
0: Yeah, I love that, and that's one of the reasons why I created the Instagram that I have for uh, my STEAM lab. So that way, parents could see, and, and other students could see what was going on, and uh, in the in the classroom, and then they could talk about it and um, have conversations at the dinner table, and just see them see themselves and see their hard work, um, and the whole community can kind of get involved. So that's, I mean, that's one of the beauties of social media.
1: It really is. It provides a window in and allows for more conversation and communication to happen. So um, let's talk
0: about MassQ and my deep, deep love for it. (laughs) Uh, And I think, well, when you were talking about everything and how you started to be Uh, to be involved in MassQ, I think that your story is kind of similar to so many people's stories where you just learn about it and you kind of get your toes wet a little bit and then you just totally jump in and you get involved in as many things possible and it's just, you love it, you tell everyone about it and it's just so great and I feel like that story is um, similar to many people's stories. I know it is for mine, definitely.
1: Yeah, I would agree. I I think that MassQ really, um, you know, it it has a mission to connect, inspire, and educate its members and the community at large. So, and I, you know, I might be a little biased, but I really feel like the organization does exactly that. People are able to enter at a level that's comfortable, get to know people, um, learn, and get what they need from the organization. And then the desire to continue that just kind of perpetuates on its own. And so the involvement begins to grow and that network of professional learning um, becomes stronger. And so it really has been wonderful for so many of us that are involved.
0: Yeah, I would think, um, I would tell anyone who goes to the conference to get even more involved past the conference because there's just so much more that MassQ does um, the, with their learning tours and their special interest groups and just their I mean their grants if you're um, yes. listen to episodes in the past, people have heard me talk about the grant that I got, and I'm going to have a lot more to say about that once it starts being implemented um, in the fall, which I'm so excited for, but you had a major
1: part of that. (laughs) Yes, yes, and and the classroom grants, they are just one aspect of what the grants committee can offer the membership. It's really... um, Really, threefold. So there's, of course, the classroom grants um, initiative where members can uh, submit a proposal for an idea that they might have for their classroom, um, and 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 um, you know anticipate or hope that it becomes uh, accepted, approved, and funded. And that just opens a multitude of learning possibilities for educators and students, um, not just current students, but it it evolves even beyond the current classroom um, into years forward and across the district, perhaps in some um, circumstances. Um, Another aspect of the Grants Committee, which is really wonderful, is that we offer scholarships. We offer scholarships, um, currently we've expanded our scholarship initiative to include scholarships for educators in K to 12, as well as administrators. And just recently, we are adding uh, scholarships for higher ed, um, for educators within the higher ed institutions. So we're really looking to um, expand and include and really continue the conversation, um, you know, with some vertical articulation from K to 12 and onward to higher ed. Um, and then the other piece of MassQ Grants Committee, which is really wonderful, is sponsorships. Uh, MassQ Grants Committee is able to sponsor um, events for its members. There's a, a proposal process for that as well. Um, and one of the, the more common type of event to be sponsored would be an ed camp. Um, so we have been known to sponsor ed camps around the region. And, you know, we're happy to do that because it's another way to kind of, again, um, work toward our mission of connecting, inspiring, and educate um, all of of the educators in the region.
0: That's so great. And we're going to talk about the Southeastern Mass Ed Camp a little bit later. Yeah. And just sit at the edge of their seats and and wait for that. Stay tuned. (laughs) Um, What would you say the best part of being involved in MassQ is?
1: Oh, my goodness. I know, a hard
0: question. It's loaded.
1: (laughs) That is a hard question to answer, but I mean, I, I think it has to come back to the people and the, the learning that um, I'm able to, you know, enjoy personally, as well as the way that I can share what I know with others. It's just a, a wonderful network to be a part of, and there's a lot of personal and professional growth that comes from that. Uh, which then gets translated to the work we do um, with our students in our classrooms and with our colleagues across a district, the district that we might um, be seated in.
0: That's so amazing. I just, I love it. I love how it connects so many people together. And I mean, just, just from going the last few years, the amount of people that I've met and now talk to Um, frequently and learn from, it's just, MassQ, it's just so amazing how it does that. And I I hope that other teachers that um, aren't from Massachusetts, they have other um, organizations that they can get involved with like this.
1: Yes, and, and people from outside of Massachusetts can, you know, can certainly join MassQ. We have members that are um, from, you know, uh, nearby states of Rhode Island. I think we might have a few from New Hampshire. Um, so, you know, we're, we're open to that as well. Um, we want to include everyone. Um, I would say if I had to tell you a second aspect of MassQ that is, um, you know, sort of Um, something really near and dear to my heart is the way that mouse Q is always looking for ways to promote student involvement and student voice Mm -hmm. um, to, to, you know, to be heard. We just recently, um, our influence and advocacy committee just sent um, several groups of students to the state house last week to, you know, demonstrate their learning and share what they're doing in their classrooms with legislators. And that's really important, um, you know, to, in order to, you know, educate, the people um, who are, you know, doing the talking for us on a higher level, on a legislative level, in a funding level. I love that.
0: And I love that um, our state also has started the Massachusetts STEM Week. We had it last year, and um, they're also doing it again this year in October, and it happens to be the same week that MassQ falls on. Oh. I think it's so awesome that the state is um, supporting STEM in that way. And basically, the week uh, entails that anyone that wants to be involved can have some sort of involvement, depending on whatever it is that um, they just, just want to do. So you really can make you can make an event, you can just have one lesson, you can um, really do anything under the sun, and just you send your information to the state, and they put it up on their website, and you can look all across the, I know you can. You can look all across the state um, and see what everyone's doing, so. let's see like last year when they had um, Massachusetts STEM week, they had a map and you could um, see what classrooms were doing all over the state. You could see if they were doing um, like a whole week's worth of events or lessons, or you could see if they were having one like nighttime event or something like that. Um, last year I had a, um, an open house cause this theme lab was brand new. So I invited anyone that wanted to come see the lab to come play with some of our gadgets. And um, in this coming year, I'm already in the planning process of doing a community STEAM night. So, I'm involving all sorts of um, just nearby uh, businesses and um, just different places in the community, different people in the community to come together. And we're going to have a big STEAM night where families can come and do different STEAM activities and learn from people that work in those fields. Um, And I got that idea from Massachusetts STEM Week last year, hearing what other people are doing, and I said, oh, that's something that I want to do. So anyway, long story short, um, that is one of the initiatives that Massachusetts is um, doing to, to be more involved with um education and with seeing what uh, students are currently doing because the governor and um, the different uh, people who work at the state house and in different positions actually go around and visit and they actually go here they go around and visit uh the different events and sites and whoever is hosting what and um and to see what the students are learning and and I think that's really cool that they take the time to go around and support it and um, I don't know it's just it's pretty cool that Massachusetts does things like that.
1: It really is and it's so important to share what students are doing. In fact that's another aspect um, of what MassQ does for promoting student voice and sharing the learning is at the fall conference, we do have a student showcase area. We have a QKids section and we have a global ed section where um, the students are there to kind of showcase and explain to attendees um, what they've been doing in their classrooms. You know, they may be showing teachers how to use apps or how to create lessons with them. Um, And it's just a really wonderful way for, um, educators to put their hands on the, the materials and the tools that students are using and hear from the students about what's worked for them. Um, yeah. It's really wonderful. And this year we actually have the students doing little mini Ignite sessions um, for the grades. Uh, any Q-Kid or, uh presenters from grades 4 to 12 will be doing an Ignite session, which is really exciting. They kind of share a really quick um, you know, speech about their passions and, you know, what they've accomplished and what they hope to do with it. Um, And then if there are some brave K-3 to students that would like to do an Ignite, they are more than welcome as well.
0: Oh, wow. That's really awesome. I bet you there will be some students that do it that are K-3. to
1: I bet. I would love to see that. How amazing would it be to see, you know, a kindergartner or first or second grader up there on the stage, just talking about what makes their heartbeat faster? Yeah,
0: no, totally. Amazing. I love seeing kids get amped about things.
1: Yeah. We need to yeah, listen more to that. that.
0: Yeah. Well, you know it is so true. And even this year with starting the lab, um, I forget, I think it was yeah, it was when I had the um brand new Promethean board and mm. um and I had it open and I was like, Oh, I just can't figure out how to do this, guys. I can't remember from the tutorial and one of the students came up and just like I got it, Miss Cameron. And she came up and just um she pressed all the correct buttons and opened up like what I was trying to open up in and, and, like two seconds. And I was like, Oh wow, have you used the medium board before? And she was like, No, no, this is my first <laughs> time. Like, okay. I'm just gonna
1: sit down and you can just take over. This fine. Yeah. There's it's just so intuitive to them. They're you know, they're just they're growing up in a digital world and everything is just sort of it's intuitive and so we are um Wise to listen and watch and learn from the students, as yeah. much as we try to impart on them the learning that we hope they do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely true. Yeah.
0: Um. Last question about MasQ, though I feel like we'll probably end up talking about it again. But <laughs> actually, no. Two more questions. Why did you end up deciding to join the board, mm. or how did you end up being on the board?
1: Well, I, I submitted a a proposal or an application to be considered to join the board. And the reason was that I believed that I would be able to contribute sort of a different perspective to the board itself. Um, My background is in speech and language and um, special education. And so in thinking about the topic of inclusivity and equity and providing access to students from, of all different, um, you know, backgrounds, abilities, and so forth, it, uh, it seemed that a voice of that nature might be valuable to the MASQ organization. And so seeing that opportunity, I submitted paperwork, and the rest is history. Yeah. That's awesome.
0: I definitely think that you have a wonderful voice on the board and um, just everyone that I know that has met you or is friends with you or works with you, they all have such great things to say and I'm lucky that I got to meet you and now I consider you one of my MassQ friends and it's just great. Yeah. What advice would you have for a teacher who is looking to become a part of an organization like MassQ or MassQ, um, what advice would you have? Someone who's wanting to connect more, or just
1: mm-hmm. looking
0: to become a part of a cool teacher organization.
1: Sure. Um, my my recommendation or my suggestion would be to, to get involved and to participate in some of the um, different social networking events that MassQ offers. So more recently, um, we've started um, regional meetups called, um, what are they called, Q-ups um, that the communications committee and um, Development and Outreach Committee has started to put together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's a casual way for people to kind of come together. Um, they are um, sponsored by our, um, our partners, uh, our vendor partners. And uh, it's a wonderful evening where people can talk and learn and get to know each other. And the conversations continue beyond the event itself, which is really, really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, Another thing that I would suggest is that people maybe look at, look at the offerings of special interest groups. Um, special interest groups sponsor activities um, on a monthly basis. You can go on to the website and see which special interest group is sponsoring what type of an, of an event. And you do not need to be a MassQ member to um, participate in most SIG events. So it's a really nice way to, you know, again, like, dip your toe in the water and get a feel for what's going on. Um, that's, you know, I think one of the the easiest and straightforward ways, um, to get to know people. And then the other thing that, um, again, has been more recent and um, getting a lot more attention on Twitter is, um, MassQ has been offering Twitter chats. Um, yeah. I think it's, you might know more than I, I think it's every other week. Um, um, I think well, it's the last, it's usually like the last Tuesday of the month, I believe. Okay. So yeah, it's, it's pretty frequent. So it might be monthly, um, toward the end of the month. And so that too is another great way to kind of, um, you know, have a window in and, and get to know people, um, just in con- conversing online.
0: Yeah. Um, I hosted one, when was it? Um, at the end of April and, um, it was so much fun cause I had all of my friends that I talked to on Twitter, Um, from all over the country and a few people from other parts of the world, and I got them um, to all join in, and it was really cool because, um, you know, usually Mass, mass Massachusetts, but having everyone from all all over the world and getting all their perspectives and being able to bring them um, together with the organization that I love so
1: much, it was just really cool having everyone together. It's really, it is really wonderful. And, you know, our committees are always looking for people who are interested in, in joining a committee and contributing their their thoughts and their, um, you know, their support to the work that we're doing. That's another really great way for people to kind of plug into MassQ and, you know, if they have a focused direction that they'd like to work in. Um, that's a really a good idea as well. Yeah. All right, let's change, let's change it up
0: a little bit. I wanna talk about pass the sketch note. And yes. talk, you and Stacey Linehan talk about when Stacy was on um, an earlier episode when she was on with Erin Fisher. Um, and you and Stacy are always tweeting about passing the sketch <laughs> note. And I know that your students work together and I think that's really cool. So can you tell me a little bit about that?
1: Sure. yeah. it's been a really wonderful experience um, working with Stacey and her students, so along with my students. And um, essentially, It was, it basically started with the (laughs) MassQ. We were at fall conference last year in in October. And um, part of what MassQ offered um, as one of its interactive um, zones or areas was the sketchnoters cafe. Um, It was the first time we had offered it. And um, basically it was kind of a social learning center where people kind of gathered to connect with one another and um, explore their creative side sort of experience how visual thinking is really um, a valuable tool sketch noting being, you know, one entity of visual thinking and, explore the way it it can change the way people learn and communicate um, and share ideas Um, we had um, kind of a sketchnoter visual thinking expert with us Manuel Herrera who helped us to organize and run that area and as a result of of that interactive experience Stacy and I continued the conversation past conference and began to you know talk a little bit on twitter about it and you know, connected with a few other um, experts in the sketchnoting visual thinking arena, um, Carrie Bockham and Monica Spillman. They actually originated the original past sketch note, which is something um, that educators participate in. And then Stacy and I decided to take a twist um, and begin an experience between our classrooms. So basically, um, every week um, or so, Stacy. Stacy's classroom or my classroom will come up sort of with an idea a prompt um, and the students will use sketching as a way to um you know introduce the topic or the question and um they they do this via the sketch notes via flipgrid That's um, cool. because we are in different districts we're not able to sort of do a sketch note and pass it to the next classroom next door we needed to find a way to um to transport the idea and the thinking across, um, you know, across the airwaves. So that's perfect for that. It's really wonderful. And so it allows the students, the sketchnoting allows the students to really make their thinking visual, you know, their dual processing information through their verbal and visual channels. Um, They're organizing their thinking and then they verbally express their thoughts, pose their questions, formulate their responses and do that um, over the Flipgrid platform. Um, which is really wonderful. It's building up their social communication, their verbal communication, their ability to um, use social um, and pragmatic skills, uh, as well as develop digital citizenship, because there's a lot involved with, you know, understanding what the rules are and abiding by them and, um, you know, engaging in that dialogue in a way that's new to them, but also very exciting.
0: Yeah it sounds exciting and and I always like seeing all the tweets between you two when you talk about it and seeing what your students do. I feel like it's something that any classroom could pick up and talk to um, a a class across the world or a class across country and um, anyone could do it between um, different rooms.
1: 100 percent it could definitely be duplicated across you know in in any classroom uh, and definitely you know i would say enhance the learning and communication and overall risk taking um sometimes students um you know stacy and i work with students who have some learning challenges and differences and sometimes taking risks within that um uh, grouping of students can be a bit daunting um because you know it may not come easy though the work may not come easy or there it may be um challenging um to feel comfortable uh in even communicating with students and people that aren't familiar. So um, it just, it really offers a multitude of benefits to um, engage in a fun process like this. Take the risk, try it out um, and learn together. Yeah, that's amazing. All right. We're going to talk about one
0: more major topic and um, in its Ed camp. So you mentioned mm. it earlier, but I wanna um, I wanna dive a little bit deeper into it. You
1: created an EdCamp for southeastern Massachusetts. So I, along with um, three other co-founders. So um, and those co-founders are Raina Friedman, Jackie Prester, and Karen Winsper. And so. Um, The four of us, yeah, developed an EdCamp called EdCamp Southeastern Mass. And we just last December completed our third annual uh, event. That's awesome. So what is an EdCamp? An EdCamp is um, basically a a free PD experience where educators from around a region can come together for... um, a day of learning together where um, the topics are not predetermined. Uh, the, the people that are in attendance actually decide what the, the discussions of the day will, will be. Um, they, the EdCamp Foundation sponsors um, the event along with other local sponsors that each individual EdCamp would solicit support from. Mm-hmm. Um, and the day, you know, it kicks off with a little kind of a huddle to explain what, what's in store for the day. Uh, there's a period of time that we build the session board, which basically everybody has a, an opportunity to kind of um, put up on a big um, board um, What areas of interest they might have what's something they want to talk about what's a what's a session or a topic? They might want to lead a discussion about and what is something they don't know anything about but hope someone else in attendance might know about That sounds so cool it is so much fun. We, we have had three years of, of just awesome um, attendance and wonderful sponsorship um, and days of learning that have just, um, you know, had a, a tremendous ripple effect. We have repeat attendees and uh, we see the communication about our ed camp continue throughout the year. So um, we feel really good about that. We're excited to um, offer a fourth one next December.
0: I think it's kind of wild that you go in not knowing what you're going to learn about there's so much PD that's out there, but you know exactly what you're getting into when you sign up for it or when like before, you know, cause you get sent information or whatever about it, but not knowing that's kind of, I mean, I feel like that's like a major risk take um, that so many teachers might not have ever done. I don't know. Like yes. as teachers, we're such planners, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's part of the job. And to go to a PD kind of was it, all up in the air. I feel like that's pretty wild, and but also awesome and definitely something that I would love to do.
1: Oh, yeah. It, uh, it definitely is a risk for a lot of people. It's like jumping off the diving board into the deep end of a pool. Um, and I think that, you know, we, we've held our ed camp in Norton for the, for these years. We've had um, wonderful support from from the district and the administration in that respect. And so I can definitely tell you I've had many a conversation with um, with colleagues and, you know, they're curious. They want to know what it is. Um, it's appealing because it's free and it's local and, it gets, you know, there's a lot of good press that comes along with ed camps people walk away from them usually um you know having learned a bunch of really great things and inspired to do um work with what they've learned about um but yeah people are curious they'll ask questions they're not sure um but i can tell you that i i honestly have never gotten feedback from someone who was tr- deciding whether or not to go to an ed camp and, and you know or our ed camp and they went and uh, i've never heard anything negative as a result i'm so, I that's think
0: incredible. that. Yeah. That's incredible. And I mean, I feel like that's, that's not super common for PD.
1: No. You know, because
0: a lot of times teachers, we don't really have a say or a choice in what kind of PD we have to do because a lot of it's, um, you know, provided by the districts that we're in or, or whatnot, um, or we have to meet certain requirements for our license and everything. But yeah. to have such positive feedback. And for teachers to be so motivated and excited afterwards, I mean, that, that says a lot about what you guys are doing with the EdCamp.
1: Yeah, and I think one of the things that helps is that there's a lot of choice. So there's the there's a rule of EdCamp called the rule of two feet, and basically the rule of two feet says if you you know find yourself in a session that you thought was going to bring you what you were looking for, and you're you're there for a few minutes and you're listening and you realize this isn't what I thought it was. Um, it is perfectly acceptable and actually kind of expected that you would, you know, graciously get up and go find a session that does fit your needs. Um, oh, wow. no, no apologies, no, you know, no hard feelings. Um, is there for you to get what you need. Um, there's no need to just sit and, um, you know, be in a PD for X number of minutes, um, thinking about that it's not what you want to be learning about. Um, we, we have enough of that That's in other awesome. ways. So yeah, it's really, uh, I think choice really helps people feel good about the time they spend at ed camp. Most ed camps are held on the weekend. So it's definitely a choice to use personal time to participate. Um, but again, I, like I said, I, the, the investment is, it yields quite a reward for most people. Oh, wow. I want to go. <laughs> <laughs> you should come. I can't believe you haven't been to our ed camp. I can't believe it either. That's crazy. You're coming oh. this year. You're absolutely coming. And One of the most um, popular things about our ed camp is the student panel. Each year we've had a student panel and year after year it just continues to build um, interest and um, the the knowledge and the opinion and the insight that's imparted from the students um, on that panel to the attendees is just amazing. The students are panel is usually uh, made up of students from Norton and then the neighboring district Mansfield, which is where um, Raina Friedman and Jackie Prester are teachers. Uh, So they are our Mansfield counterparts. And then um, Karen Winsper and myself are the Norton counterparts to the um, founders of EdCamp Southeastern Mass. That's
0: awesome. That's so cool. Oh, I can't wait.
1: Yes, you're, you're coming.
0: Okay.
1: (laughs) Even if I, if I have to come pick you up, I will like a good plan. <laughs> and oh, you can bring Jamie too. <laughs> oh, okay, I'm sure be, I'm sure he'll be into it. He's really enjoying right now. He'll be on the student panel. <laughs> he has uh, he has such
0: big eyes right now just listening in. I think he's probably Aww. wondering like who is she talking to?
1: <laughs> I think he's trying to signal you that he wants to come. Yeah, that's it. I mean, he
0: is the world's <laughs> youngest podcaster. He can be the world's youngest Ed Camber.
1: I think that I think he needs to hold that title. I'm just building his resume guys. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um,
0: Kim, this has been awesome. I'm so glad that we finally have recorded and um, I just feel like it was perfect that we got to record today and um, I, I should, should I say it with my big news? I'm oh. excited. Yeah. Um, so I've officially um, I applied, and I officially have been um, chosen as MassQ's next social media ambassador, which is really, really cool. And I'm I, I just learned that this afternoon. So it's pretty wild that our podcast that has been um, postponed and finally recorded together. That today is the day that um, both things are happening at the same time, which is really awesome.
1: So perfect timing. Yes. Yeah. And we are so excited, um, that you're joining as our social media ambassador. You are, you're going to be amazing. And, um, we just, we can't wait to get started with you, um, in that role. Thanks. I'm really excited too. And I'm sure that, um,
0: I will talk about that role, much um, more when I get into it. So, I'll talk about it on the pod and everything like that so everyone can stay tuned. Um, but, yeah, Kim, this has been so great, and I'd love it if you could share how people can get in touch with you um, if they um, want to follow you or if they have any questions about what
1: we talked about or anything like that. Sure. Um, you can follow me on Twitter, and my handle is at ZajackSLP. Um, so, follow me there um you can also find me on the mass website i'm listed under board of directors
0: oh cool and i'll have um how to spell your name in the episode details um, and also um yeah, I'll have it on the episode details and also on my website, steamuptheclassroom.com. And if anyone wants to get in touch with me, I'm at steamuptheclsrm on Twitter. And uh, yeah, that's, that's about it. This has been so great, Kim. Thanks so much for coming on the pod. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been wonderful. Yeah. And um, I feel like it's safe to say you'll come back on again sometime. I would be honored. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Kim.